0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Mind Sculptors podcast, where we help you create a winning mindset. Do what I did there? Uh, I'm your host, Callahan. Joining me today is my lovely co-host, best friend, even though he doesn't live here anymore. Uh, you know, he's he, he's now he's now one of those San Francisco douchebags.
1: Uh, I am a surfer bro. <laughs> it is true.
0: <laughs> it's my good friend Phoenix. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. Excited to uh, talk
2: about some commander.
0: Yes. Uh I I am very excited to talk about this commander. Although before we get into this week's topic commander, I do want to take a moment to because first of all, there's two things uh that uh, a few things I need to talk about. Uh first of all, you and I are going to be going to Magicon Minneapolis. Uh we are going to be driving there, which is really exciting. So look out for uh the Phoenix and Cal vlog video. Um, there will be something. We're gonna do something. Uh we don't know what it will be, but we're gonna do something. Um uh, and then also don't forget that we are sponsored by Ultra, Not Ultra. Dragon Shield. Oops. Uh Dragon Shield. Best sleeves in the business. I actually really don't like Ultra Pro. Um, uh, it was a weird slip. It was a weird slip. it I, I think it's because I watch so much content that I just like hear it. Um, but we are brought to you by Dragon Shield. Dragon Shield sleeves are the best in the business. I personally use their. I have to have a matte sleeve box hanging here somewhere. I have so many matte sleeves. Um, these are the are. Do, Petrol sleeves uh, is what I meant, but these are the sleeves that I use. They are great. Been using them for almost a decade at this point, um, which is its own thing that I won't talk about. But if you want to support us, click the link. Uh, There will be a little link here in the YouTube video. If you're watching there, or if you're on podcast, there's a link down in the description. Uh, Also, if you want to support the show, uh, make sure to go subscribe on patreon.com forward slash mind sculptors. Uh, we haven't been doing a whole lot on Patreon recently, but, um, as I kind of start to come out of what was a like quarter long depression, uh, I am starting to like get things back into a functioning, uh, what's it called? Functioning order. So it were, um, And so, if you want to do that, we'll be revamping, probably taking a look at some of the rewards there and uh, seeing what things are going to do. But at at minimum, it gets you access to our Discord server where you can talk to Phoenix about spoilers all day long. I do like talking about spoilers. He does. Um, (laughs) I'm excited. I I, I love talking about spoilers. But um, one other thing that I wanted to talk about is a deck that you and I brewed yesterday that I have oh yeah, goldfished so many times at this point, and I'm in love with it. Uh, and it's Titania, voice of Gaia, Dredge. And I know this sounds really dumb. Uh, and it is kind of. It but, is, but... Uh, it
2: works oddly well. Um- <laughs> it turns out that you can take most dumb ideas and turn them into a functioning deck.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean it, the, the if, thing is, is so uh, for, for what it was, is uh, Titania Voice of Gaia has been my casual deck that I've been playing for a while. And every time I play it, it just does something really, really dumb. And I'm like, there's got to be something here, right? So yesterday, uh, Phoenix and I spent a lot of time mm-hmm. going through and like, hey, "Is this worth it? is this good? And then I just goldfish a bunch. And it's just like, oh, turn three does the thing. Cool. Okay. Um So I I, I'm going to leave a link to that deck list for people to check out because it's the dumbest bullshit that I've ever seen. Um, I I want people to play it and experience the bullshit for yourself because I, I can't I can't do it justice without like telling you without you experiencing it, right? Like it's a thing that you have to feel like, you know, one of my favorite things is the little loops that you could do with Multani and Gaia's Cradle where you can just keep replaying your Gaia's Cradle and sacking your uh, Multani and just keep going over and over and over and uh, make a lot of mana. And uh, it's, it's a very fun deck. Highly recommend it. Um, but that is not why we're, what we're here to talk about today. What we're here to talk about today is Tivit Teller of Secrets and why it's winning fucking everything. Apparently, Um it, it's not uh, one giant tournaments outside of what was it? Mox Masters 3, the one that Ian won. It's in October. Uh, yeah, it was the one in it, it,
1: October.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that Mox Masters event uh, was Tivit won that. And at first you're like, okay, sure. Um And then... Over the weekend, it took down two more tournaments, one in Buffalo, one in California. Uh, uh, the week before that, there was another tournament that it won. Uh, the week before that, it or no, it didn't win the week before that. It top 16-ed uh, Chaos Treasure. And then the week before that, it did something. And then the week before that, it did something. So it's consistently, at minimum, getting to top 16s and top and which is in itself bananas uh it has a conversion rate on edh top 16's website of uh twenty nine point two seven percent so effectively thirty percent the and of the and that's with decks that are above forty entries it's the only one with that conversion rate it is bananas and so what we wanted to do is Figure out what is it about this deck that is making it win as much as it is, and then how can we? What can we take from that? Uh, because we get it. Uh, everybody probably doesn't want to play to It's very much a play style type of deck. Um, in fact, I'm actually probably going to put it together because it feels like a deck that I would adore. I would. I would Ian Ian has told me that he is like convinced that I would love the deck, and I probably will. Um, I just don't own a Tivit. I own every other card for the goddamn deck. I just don't own a Tivit, so just not a Tivit. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure I literally have one. So wow, I mean they're like a dollar. So it's like I can just go up to Hobby Town and buy one, right? Like it's just I just haven't. So.
2: Anyhow, well, I have to convince you why you need to fix that.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm honestly, the results are making me do that. Uh, so let's, let's dig into this a little bit. So before we were, we, we started, Jeremy kind of has this like theory on where sure, yeah. this sort of like, I don't know, like theology, it's like it's or my overarching,
2: overarching opinion on the format. Yeah. Maybe
0: yeah. And yeah. And so explain to people about, like, the categories that you kind of see decks falling into
2: generally. So I don't know if I can actually assign it correct. Like, there's always going to be stuff that's not going to fall into the norms. But the stuff that, at least in my opinion, and looking just a little bit at the data is that the decks that win games usually fall into a couple categories, at least are consistently winning a top 16 and have a ton of entries. In mm-hmm. any tournament, the decks that win games are doing one of three things. And so it's they have card advantage in the command zone, they have a c- combo in the command zone, or they have uh, mana advantage in the command zone. And usually those three different categories of decks end up leaning towards, well, I've got a commander combo, you think of like Nigila or Malcolm, or I've got card advantage, so you think of Timna Kron uh, or. You have to uh, uh, even.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or mana.
2: Yeah. Mana Advantage, uh, like Malcolm Malcolm Timna is a good example of a deck or uh, Malcolm Vile. Yeah. Any Rog Rack deck.
0: <laughs> I have effectively a basic land in my command zone. Let's yep, go. Pretty much. <laughs> it's a,
1: a lot better than a basic land most of the time. So but I I feel
2: like yeah. decks decks usually that like people generally fall into one of those three categories of like, these are the best decks or like, these are the types of strategies that you want to do. Well, whatever your win con ends up being. Right. Um, But when we were talking about it, where does Tivit fall? Yes. <laughs> so Tivit does do all of these things. So Tivit has a one card com- combo in the command zone with, uh, with time Sieve. It has card advantage in the command zone if you use it to draw clues. It has mm-hmm. mana advantage in the command zone if you use it to create treasures. And then it keeps doing all those things after it comes out. And so it falls into all of those categories, and then it gets to play Esper, which is a pretty solid color combination. Three colors is awesome. And then the main disadvantage it has, of the, of, has against other decks is that it doesn't have five, five colors. If it was five colors, it would be even better. Spoilers. Right.
0: Well, yeah, honestly, you could probably say the biggest disadvantage it has is uh it doesn't have access to Timna. Honestly. Like of yeah, all of zone. all the downs. Yeah, you just don't yeah. have access to Timna in the command zone. And uh that which is which is wild. But so when you look at those three things, so let's kind of look at like decks that kind of fall into that first category of the, you know, commander combo specifically decks and what makes those successful, and how that applies to something like Tivet, for example. Um, thinking of stuff like, you know, we've talked about Malcolm uh, already, and I feel yeah. like we're pro- you're probably going to hear us bring up Malcolm a lot, uh, because...
2: In all of these categories, too, Malcolm is also a good card.
0: Yeah. It turns um, out. But so when we're talking about, like, these commander-centric combo decks what are they, what are defining features of them, and what makes them successful apart from the other two categories?
2: Yeah, so historically the one that you always think of is Najila, because Najila has 7 million one-card combos in the <laughs> command Combo. Yeah, uh, Malcolm is obviously the one that you think of that's always very successful, and then you have a lot of these less specific but, so like Thracios is kind of a combo. It's not a one-card combo, but it's kind of a combo in the command zone. You have uh, you have other stuff like Rocco, where tutoring is kind of your one-card combo. Godo, maybe right. you can squint, and it kind of fits in this category kind of thing. Right. Uh, the one big thing that I think of, at least for this category, that is different to the other categories, is before we had Thassa's Oracle, these are all decks that are willing to play consult without having Thassa's Oracle in the deck. Right. And so any deck that has a one card combo in the command zone is willing to already play consult. And so that's where the colors of Tivot really come in being good. Right. Because now you have uh, multiple, you basically have multiple targets for your forbidden tutor, right? Yep, exactly. And then because of the colors Tivot has, it also has access to its one card combo. You can tutor for it. And so like, that's kind of where you get into the differences between like, so Najeela can always tutor for any of them. Uh, different Malcolm variants, depending on the color combinations you have, you can or can't to for every win condition. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you get a little bit of differences in there, depending on the color combination. Right. And Tivots definitely has a strength with the colors that it has. Right.
0: One of the things I think is interesting is we asked Ian. Um, Ian is uh, for some thoughts because he's been, you know, kind of at the forefront of a lot, a lot of these Tivot things, or at least talking about it a lot. Um, in, in our group chat, we asked, um, Hey Ian, have any strong opinions on <laughs> Tivit? And his exact words are one card combo is good. Also, Esper card quality is good. Um, which sunglasses emoji. <laughs> yeah. So like Esper as, as co- card quality, you know, just kind of jumping off of, on that because you, you brought did bring that up is what is it about Esper that makes it as good as it is? Right. Like, because like you, the, the prevailing thought would be that, or the prevailing, like the all or philosophy uh, is that Grixis is where you want to be. It's the best colors. Um, What about Esper makes it like makes it, more attractive than like a
2: Grixis shell, for instance. So, Grixis is a lot faster than Esper is just as a color combination.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's not to assign fast being better or worse, it just is faster. Mm-hmm. And the difference in white towards the difference from white to red in those color combinations is really that white gives you a lot of flexibility and you can play the game very slowly and still be successful with white where red leans you a little bit more into being aggressive. And that kind of storm of like you literally storm where you are trying to win on one turn or win all at once. And white gives you a little bit more incremental uh, card quality uh, Uh advantage where red doesn't necessarily have exactly that.
0: Okay. Um, I, I, I've said this before we talked about, we've talked about this before with Zerg. I remember we, we spoke about this where people were trying to make zero like
1: this turbo deck. And I I've spoke at length of, Hey, um, you know, you think you, I, th- I don't think you're getting what the colors are doing. Um,
0: and so like, let's, let's, Jump off here for a second. Um, the second category you had was the mana advantage, uh, yep. decks. And so those are going to be stuff like, uh, I think of Prosper, motivated. but that's because I'm very biased. Prosper is not a, it does not not fall into that category. <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: Uh, another yeah, card that Malcolm I th- is a good example.
0: Yeah, Malcolm's like the best example, I, I think. Another one that I would tend to think of—I don't even and know Parks, Parks and yeah. uh, uh, maybe Magda. Spells. Magda does does that a little bit with the mana. Yeah, yeah. it gets a little
2: bit hand wavy because you're kind of trying to classify things that aren't the same together. Right, right, right. Yeah, it gets the um, point across.
0: But so, w- what are defining features of these, and how, like, does
2: like? this applied it to the, for instance. Yeah, so, I mean, decks like that ROG, it was the other example that I think I brought up earlier, um, where they let you go faster mm-hmm. uh, by having the mana advantage in the command zone, which, in in my opinion, in CDH games, it's not about how fast you can win. It's about how fast you can take advantage of the opportunity you have to win. So if you can win very quickly... Given the right situation, then that's this, this, exactly where you want to be. This is an interesting thing. You and I have talked about this,
0: and I don't think we've ever talked about this on the show. Is this concept you have of what really it's, it's
2: win first, win second
0: is like what a lot of other people have brought it up as. Well, well, specifically, the thing that you have said is the win con access, right? Um, and when you look at like the mana advantage, Right? How does that play into the WinCon access, for instance?
2: Well, you can play more expensive tutor lines, for example. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can tutor chain, which is right. like a lot of these decks. Uh, Malcolm specifically is what I also think of have one card combos with the Glenhorn. But you have, manas, you have mana gates that you have to hit to be able to combo. It's not and Najila is the exact same way, where like you can't one card combo with Nijeela until you are able to make all five colors. You can't one card combo with your Malcolm and Glinthorn until you get enough mana. You have to have the right colors. Um, and all these all these things that are not necessarily restrictions to your uh combos or like your one card your if you get enough tutors, you will be able to find a way to win. And if you have enough mana to use all those tutors, you definitely can win. And that's where the mm-hmm. mana advantage comes in, where I only need to top deck one of my 20 tutors and I instantly win here. Mm-hmm. No matter what the mana situation is. Yeah, it, it's very interesting because you think of like
0: the mana advantage aspect of Tivit is one of those things. That, every time I reread this card, it does something else stupid. Um, like it's just, it could have had
2: like any amount of the things on there taken off of it. Like the vote twice could be taken off of it. It's still a great card,
0: yeah. It's just very good. Um, so you you have that, and then the final kind of card category you have is the um card advantage, which is like your Timna cross, your really honestly insert Timna deck here. Um, is kind of those decks, and you know, we've seen historically, um, like Brian Koval's had a lot of success with Tim Necrom. Um, what is it that makes those so successful in like their, like, obviously, card advantage is good, but specifically with that, how does having that access in the command zone differ from like, you know, I don't know, like a,
2: any other four-color option or five-color option, yeah. right? I mean, it's, like, it's you can grind. You can, you can wait for a game to be slowed down, and you can still play the game. And mm-hmm. so that's where something like I, I would jump to, like, Rockside as an example, where, like, Rockside mm-hmm. can grind, but it's not as mm-hmm. good as doing it as the decks with card advantage.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so you just have to be able to take advantage of that, and it allows you to play a slower game plan or, like, a more higher card quality. Uh, is the thing that I always think of. Uh, because you have card advantage in the command zone, you expect to see more cards. You can play high-quality cards that are just generically good, and you don't have to play stuff that is only good when you're winning, or only good at making you win quickly. Right.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting, because uh, you you kind of think about stuff like... I, I, I think of zur when I think of a deck that kind of needs to lay some stuff to really make it work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you know, you you look back at it in the past and it used to be like this boogeyman and now you kind of see where it's at now. Uh, and you're like, oh, maybe it wasn't as crazy. You, you pitch um, a lot
2: of cards to try and get this or out very early. Yeah.
0: Um. So when we take all of these things, because Tivet really does all of these things and it, it does it honestly pretty well um like what is it that tivet is doing in esper that malcolm isn't doing in esper or that you know i, I just brought up zur that zur isn't doing in esper or you know there's there's several uh i mean hell marnius calgar is a deck in esper that has some sort
2: of a it's a pseudo it's one card a, win. It's a sector outlet. It yeah. Kind of. Um,
0: yeah. I mean, Rafine is, is, is
2: Rafine's a great example.
0: Yeah. A really good example. Right. Um, uh, T- Tevish is shy in the, in these colors. So what is it that Tivit is doing uh, that
2: really kind of sets it apart from the rest of the field? It's a one card win condition. <laughs> That's that is, it. that is it. That is like, so It it is as simple as that. Uh, It is more nuanced than that, but it is as simple as that. It's it's a win condition. It does not necessarily that it is a one card win condition, but it's a win condition. A flying ward three six six flyer can win you games. It's hard to get off the battlefield. It's wild. Yeah, and then it generates incremental advantage. So even if you're not comboing with Tivit, Tivit is still a win condition. If you if you land your Tivit, you are well placed to try and win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, versus a lot of those other decks You land your commander and all you're doing Is drawing more cards and you still need to draw Into your Thoracle consult or you're not right. going to Win the game Yeah, uh, That's that's the big difference at least to me Yeah And and so like
0: I, I think it's interesting Because that seems more appealing to me Than even a thing like Tim Crom, right I mean w- Where do you think it's positioned Because clearly it's positioned pretty well It's having probably one of the best successes rates in CEDH right now. Like, I don't think there's another deck
2: out there that is having nearly as much success as Tivit is right now. Yeah, I mean, I personally, the way that I like to pick commanders is I like them to do things when I play them, and Mm -hmm. Tivit absolutely does that. Tivit comes in and gives you a lot of resources, and then is access to a combo and gives you grind potential, all those things we just talked about. Um, And, like, I actually do like Tiven more than Tim Necrom personally. Uh, Mm. But I like playing weird stuff anyways, so. Right.
1: So, what are, when we look at, like, for instance, other decks
0: on the database, uh, you've got, like, Evelyn, for instance. I hate Evelyn. Or you've got Inala. Like, are there other options that kind of fall into this sort of category that you also see being like, you know, to esque, because one deck that I see that it's kind of new, but it's still kind of getting its footing uh, because it just came out that I think has a lot of potential is uh, the uh, dog food chain with. Keranos and Croxa mm-hmm. because it feels very similar where it's got a lot of the same stuff going for it that um, it did not have or
2: that other decks don't have uh, going for it, especially in those colors. I mean, I'd be hard-pressed. Definitely the dog food chain is one that I think of immediately, where it's, this has got a one-card combo. It's generating card advantage. It doesn't necessarily... It You could argue it generates mana advantage as well with reanimation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Cards like that are what I'm looking out for. Uh, I think Rocco is another one that uh, immediately comes to mind for me. That is this. I would be very surprised if the amount of people playing Rocco goes down, is the way I would put that. <laughs> Like going forward, like as as we get new cards in the format, I would be very surprised if we get less Rocco players.
0: Well, it's kind of that thing. The reason they banned like Pot and Modern, right? Was yeah. it hamstrings what cards you can print because it just only gets better with time. Uh, Rocco yeah, is very yeah. much that card, right? Yeah,
2: it's it's that's a terrifying effect to have in the command zone. Uh, yeah. It's one that makes me think of
0: that.
2: Now let me let me ask you this
0: because. One thing that I think is very interesting here is I think like Kyrnos or Kroxa and Kyrnos, I think his potential, I don't think it is. We're we're talking like, you know, this is a college, you know, fresh out of college prospect uh, just landed on the team was really good at Duke, but we don't know exactly how they're going to be, but they have the potential to be really good. Um, I'm not talking about Anthony Davis, except he played at what was it, Kentucky. Um, not talking about Anthony I'm not, Davis. I'm not even up um, with the NBA references. But uh, so you, you've got this prospect in Croaks and Kirinos that has a lot of potential. And what are things you can pull from Tivet that can help push that into it? And how does that set it apart from something? Well, let me ask you this. Let, let, let's. Time out before we even get there. Um, how? What do you think? There's another card from this set that you could argue. Also, well, it's not even argued. It just does. It has one card win condition um, with Hoff and it, and it combos. And that's the. Shalai and Hilar. Holar. Thank you. I was trying to find it because I could not remember what the second <laughs> one was. I was like, which card you talking about? I, yeah, I knew it wasn't. Halana, but <laughs> I know it was Shalai. Uh, so I think Shalai and Halar also have a lot of potential. However, I think its ceiling is not nearly, it, it's not Rocco, and I don't think it's Tivit. Whereas I look at Croaks and Kyrnos, and I th- say, I'm evaluating this, and I go, I think it might be the next Tivit. I think it has that much potential. What is the difference between those two in
2: your it's, eyes that really sets it apart? Yeah, so it's it's what we started out with. It's the amount of buckets that it ends up in. Mm-hmm. So you end up with so even though like the Shalai and Hilar has a one card combo, it doesn't have card advantage. It doesn't mm-hmm. have, uh, it doesn't have. My brain just turned off. The other bucket that I
0: mana <laughs> advantage,
2: mana advantage, it's all good. Um, and then you look at Crox and Kunros and. You can squint and it's technically mana advantage. If you're reanimating something it's technically mana advantage. We'll if, you're, if, you're, if you're using the cards in your graveyard that's technically card advantage. Uh, right. If those effects are powerful enough to actually make it good enough or if you can even create the game state to do that, I don't know. But the effects are at least you, you can squint and it reminds you of it. Which is right. a good thing. For the like, well, long-term prospects for the deck, right? Well, and I think like Croaks and Kieranus. I opened,
0: I opened one in my booster box. I was very excited because it was like yes. one, like one of the cards. So I was very excited to get, and it has kind of it doesn't have the ward, which is sad uh, because Ward is um, one of the things I think that makes
1: Chivit uh, Tivet so kind great. of
0: set apart. Um, but. It does have uh, a lot of text on it, specifically <laughs> yes. Vigilance, Menace, and lifeling. Those like,
2: are what? two really good keywords and an evasive keyword. I mean, it's, that's really good. Yeah. Uh, it will be very easy to gnaw in your deck with reanimation targets if you hit one time with this. Right. And,
1: and then I people mean, can't
2: attack you anymore, basically,
0: on the ground. It's enter the battlefield or attacks, so it's the same trigger as Tivit, and so that's kind of why I look at this and I go, I think this has some Tivit potential to it. I think this has, I don't think it's going to be as good. Uh, I will say that I, it's not, I do. It's think, not
2: self-contained the same way that Tivit is, and then mm-hmm. also you don't have blue. So
0: well, and that's what I was going to say is creating the a real, long game the,
2: is going to be difficult.
0: I, I think the hamstring there is the lack of blue because you kind of run into this situation where. Uh, yes, you're going to play Demonic Consultation so you can get to your, uh, what's it called? The altar of dementia. However, you're also, you don't have that second DC target or Tainted Pack target. And that is kind of a huge deal because setting that, that is one of the things that kind of pushes Tivit to the forefront, right? Is because Tivit's got this, I can either Tainted Pack or Demonic Consultation for either piece of the combo that I need.
2: Yep, exactly. And then you could freely use those as tutors, too. And in this case, you're a little bit more scared. The consult is not quite as good, because you do end up needing to have at least a win condition left in your deck.
1: Yeah. Where
2: Tivit can actually still kill by just hitting your win condition, uh, with the times even taking extra turns and hitting people. Yeah. I do think it's interesting. I wonder...
0: Now you have to exile cards from your graveyard. I was like, I was wondering if there's any way that you could play like a a titan and then like shuffle, uh, or like one of the Aldrazi titans and shuffle. And but no, you really can't do any graveyard. It would
2: be pretty complicated. It's technically possible, but just not worth it. Anything to shuffle in your graveyard a bunch of times. It'd be very interesting
0: uh, to see how that develops. Outside of that. What are your general thoughts on where the meta, because we've kind of covered all of our bases. We're at the half hour points. Now we need to fill 30 minutes. Um, so outside of that, this is just Cal so now and ramble, ramble this, o'clock. Is, this is Cal and Phoenix talk shit uh, podcast. We made it through this the is, talking points. This is the podcast within a podcast. Um, where, how do you feel about where the meta is at? Because like it is we we started making content right, right not right flash after band? but it was after flash or like band.
2: right after right after it, flash got it? it was the the fall like, after flash close band.
0: okay um but I, I we really got more engaged with the online community around the flash ban time um not that we weren't involved before but that was when we like got on twitter for instance um where do you see the meta in like, is it it progressing in a way that you like? What do you think is the best strategies right now? Like if you are going to whatever event, what is it that you, if you are trying to win that event
1: thinking
2: of? So it's, it's the classic uh, game theory situation where do you, do you as a person going into a tournament want to play the thing that is generally accepted as the best thing, the thing that you know is best against the generally accepted best thing, or something completely off the wall? Mm-hmm. And like those are kind of your three main options that people usually fall into. And I think that we have a very solid, this is the best thing to be doing in the meta, which is ad nauseum. It just yeah. is. Uh, it's just a one-card win condition. Basically, for almost free, because we already build our decks in the way that work well with ad nauseum. Just because of how fast all the decks are.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I could argue the decks are fast because we want them to work with ad nauseum. Chicken and egg.
2: Yeah. (laughs) The non ad nauseum decks are still fast. Like, if you think of something like Magda is a good example where, I mean, Magda is presenting a turn three win on an average hand, Mm
1: -hmm. which is
2: very quick. But for any like, format, so so, but like when you look at that, what are
0: you wanting to take into a, into a tournament? So there's there's tons of Tim chrome There's tons of the, like, let's look at those. There's right now Tim the Crumb, so top of the list, right? And then you got Najila, and then Bruce, Rogside Tivit, and then it drops off from there. So like thoughts. <laughs> <laughs>
2: What we call generic is just generic because it's what we see all the time. So mm-hmm. like all these decks are Nas decks with access to one or two card combos Um just with the colors that they have, the commanders they have, all that stuff. And then they do something in the command zone, whether it's card advantage or mana advantage or a combination of both as partners. Um And so you can kind of expect most decks to be perfectly fine playing a mid-range game, but not necessarily set up to play a mid-range game. And so you can kind of, my personal opinion is that like everyone is coming into a tournament with stuff like Timna and like Nigila and being like, yeah, I can play a mid range game. This will be okay. So if you just out mid range the crap out of them with like something like Thrasios Bruce is what I think of. Yeah. Or Tivet, um, Then you are very well placed because you can play well against the entire field and you have a solid strategy against stacks as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's interesting uh to, to- to kind of look at all the different things. One of the things I got to say that I really appreciate, I'm just kind of looking through deck lists of uh people who you know are uh, winning tournaments. I got to got to say uh give it out uh, a big big good good job to who is a uh, Alexander Rice who won Mox Masters 20 in uh, December. Uh for the sole reason they are playing bring to light in their 99 <laughs> Uh love to see it. Love to see it. I saw I I'm just like going through lists and I'm seeing all of this and I, I see bring Delight in the five color uh deck and I'm like, we got there. Uh that it, that's what we like to see. Um Tivit, Tivit's one of those things that I think is really interesting because it, it was a card like when we went and did the new Capanna set review. Like I don't even think we talked about it, and we did two set reviews for that set. Did we? We might I don't think have. we did. I
2: remember I remember putting it on the document, but I don't know if we uh, I, I can tell about you
0: it. for sure. Uh let me let me pull that video up because I I don't think we talked about it. It was it might have been on our sheet because like we always just throw a bunch of stuff yeah, on we'll the We throw sheet. everything
2: on there and then talk yeah. about whatever we want. Um but like just going back to the overall meta while you look that up then. Yeah. Um I, I think the meta is generally a pendulum, and I make the joke that all decks are mid-range, uh, but generally the meta pendulums between fast decks and very heavy mid-range meta in my experience. And okay, I think we, that we are we, on the... We did talk about Tivit. However, we
0: ta- we did think that Oscar was the better card, which we were very wrong card. on. Um- Oscar's very silly, but... Not we as a commander were, really. We were we like Oscar was gonna hard. be a really good commander, and it was
2: just not. Um, we tried very hard to make that work. It didn't.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it it's interesting to see how like things evolved because there were I was watching like the uh Play to Win podcast from this past week. And uh well, when this comes out two weeks like, two episodes ago now, I guess. Um they were kind of talking about a cards they misevaluated throughout their like channel's history. And it's like, you look at iCory and they're like, we didn't even talk about Winota. And it's like, yeah, I I remember when Winota coming out and nobody even.
2: Nobody bad at it. It was like, wow, this card's really dumb in standard and brawl. Yeah.
0: And then it did Anyways. nothing in standard. Um, It did a lot in brawl. Um, But it's wild because. How many of these cards are cards that we see and we go, oh, that's good and you know, it's alright, but maybe it's not as broken. I mean, how many hidden gems are out there potentially?
2: Oh, right? so many. I mean, you you do have a little bit of a limitation. Like, it's pretty easy to tell. Uh, I think it, Al, Al is a good example of, like, it's pretty easy to tell that, like, a card is doing something very powerful, mm-hmm. but you don't know how good it is. Uh, right. So Al is the uh, one of the two effects on it is that it flips the top seven. You put CMC up to four artifacts and creatures on the battlefield. And it's very obvious wow, that's a really good effect. But also, I have to get a dice trigger. I have to pay five mana. Like, is that worth it? And then it's very hard to just like say yes or no to something like that. Card evaluation is very hard, as shown by everyone always getting everything wrong. Yeah. And. So like, there are lots of these gems out there that you can even you can look at an effect and be like, wow, that's really good. And then it's, can you make it work? Is really the question that it becomes. And I think there are a lot of those out there that somebody could figure out how to make it work. That is better at figuring that out than I am.
0: Yeah, that's one of those things where sometimes I, I like I think Brooks and Kiranos is one of those decks where I'm like, this clearly has something. I'm not going to be the one to figure it out because I've it's not my specialty of brewing like these really these combo decks. Really? I I'm too busy brewing mono green trash, which again, I want to remind (laughs) the audience. Um, you should probably try it because it's fun. Um, I I I also am of the opinion that uh, I let me ask you this because yeah. this is one of the things I've been thinking about while we've been building Titania.
1: is the Gitrog monster underplayed because it feels hmm. like it should be doing something strong right now, right?
0: Because like Frog is. I still think there's something there. I'm wondering is Gitrog
2: monster maybe being overlooked? All I know is I haven't seen very many tournament entries with it. Um, Whether that's good or bad for the deck, I don't know. But I don't don't know if that's because people have moved on from the deck, or I know that the Gitrog server is very active still, but I don't know if it's just people not participating. There are seven entries on EDH Top 16. That's not very many, that especially is in, compared to a lot of the other decks. I mean, yeah. So it's still being played, but it's not being played very much. It's not. It, those the results those have had have been not good. Um.
0: <laughs> I I mean I I look at Gitrog and I see a lot of potential with it uh just from the fact of from my own brewing in mono green where I'm like, maybe we're looking at this from the wrong angle, right? Like, it's, maybe we're looking at frog from the wrong angle.
2: It's um, very likely and then, like, even generally the general meta of, like, Adnaz, like, I even said it earlier, Adnaz is the best card. Well, am I actually right, or is that just tribal knowledge that we have or like the way that we've historically built decks. And it's hard to answer those questions. It is. Um,
0: I just, it, it's so hard for me to look at, oh, I've been doing all of this really wild stuff with a mono green deck that does, plays on a very similar access to get rog Monster and then get rog gets access to black and then suddenly it's not good. Um, I, I feel like Gitrog just needs some love. Does that make sense? I,
2: yeah, uh, it needs a fresh fresh opinion. Fresh opinion. New um, eyes. Any deck can use new eyes.
0: Yeah. There, it, it's just one of those things where, you know, like, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, yeah, it looks about the same as it always has, but, like, is this really the best thing? Question mark? Um, And, and I'm not saying that. If you're a Gitrog person i know our our youtube channel has a great history with Rog players um nothing controversial tell has ever why. happened
2: on this channel with getrog um tell us tell us why uh the current version of Rog is the best it's ever been or why it isn't yeah i don't know the answer to that so
0: yeah i mean my thought on it is is i think there's like so one of the things that I really like about the way that I we built the Titania deck, and obviously it's not like perfectly tuned, uh, and it's, a little, it's kind of a meme of a deck, but um, there are some things that you can pull from it, right? And like one of the things that I think in there is, okay, so like maybe Multani is better than we think it is. Maybe Worldbreaker is better than we think it is, because those are cards that do a lot of There's the like things, casual
2: staples. Yeah. yeah.
0: That we kind of, they're, they're doing things that we kind of want to be doing anyway. And then also put something into our hand that gives us the ability to advance our game or answer a question. Right. Um it, It's just one of those things where I'm like, I, I, I might be totally off base. Right. I, I, I have no idea, but it, it's just one of those things from play testing it in green. I look at, okay, well, much
2: better is it in black right yeah i mean it's one of those things where you have to look at the advantages of the color and it, what they can do to create the game state that you want to be in mm-hmm.
1: what
2: are you playing right now phoenix what am i playing yeah what is, what are your, evelyn. your what is your deck of travel right now evelyn it's evelyn yeah even over a web page. i'm trying to figure out if i want to play the battle in evelyn which but the five-mana Search Your Library Graveyard for... Uh, oh, Arcadius? battle for Arcadius. Instant Sorcery? Yeah. Because you can use it to tutor for Displacer Kitten, and then Displacer Kitten, and then make infinite mana, and then once you've made infinite mana, Evelyn wins the game. Oh my God. I, I That's pretty much... It. And then you're already playing Kitten, and you're already playing all the cards that would tutor for Kitten. Because you just grab an Entomb, and then you...
1: Right. Yeah. Or whatever, God, whatever wild. the specific setup needs to be. I really hate that deck with a passion. I right? had
2: seven different exile piles on uh, on the Team Turn Three stream last uh, last weekend. Uh, as of recording, you know, I, I'm sure you did, and I'm sure it was I crazy. was happy about it. I'm sure no one else was.
1: <laughs> oh man, uh, it's it, it's
0: interesting to. Talk uh, and just kind of like shoot the breeze, I guess. Uh to some extent. Um, as we blew
2: through everything. Um That's what you get when you don't have two people on. You only have one person. So man, there's no arguing. There's no
0: arguing, no. We don't have a we don't have a Morgan here to go, well, you know.
2: Uh <laughs> I wish Morgan could have made it. That would have been fun. Have we I don't think I've ever actually podcasted with Morgan. I don't Maybe. know. I don't, I don't think, think I you have. have. You might have. I know
0: you've done it with Bongo. We've
2: streamed and... plenty, but... Right.
0: What do you think about Tivit, Teller of Secrets, Kurinos, and Kruxa, uh, all those decks that we brought up? Leave us a comment down in the description. Uh, you can also talk to us directly uh, about your opinions on our opinions uh, by following us on Twitter. You can follow Phoenix at what is it? Uh, it's I at Phoenix. Don't worry stream. about
2: it. It's fine. It'll be in the links for you in the description.
0: It's, yeah, look at our link tree in the description. I'm at callahanas here. You can also follow at Sculpty Boys on Twitter to get all of your mind sculptors update. What did we, what did we think about the the little the little phrase I had at the beginning? Creating a winning mindset. I thought that was a really good, good tagline. Good tag for the show. Try and brand us now. A winning mindset. Well, you know, it's where the mind sculptors. Well, before I used to do like um, my mental breakdown, and the whole whole thing was as it was like me breaking down my thoughts on them, you know, and but also me kind of going crazy. Um, and so I wanted something,
2: but. If
0: you have you need a, to make better, a sculpting
2: reference of some kind. A sculpt sculpting yeah. the winning there, there mindset. A, sculpting a, a winning mindset. Sculpting, mind
0: sculpting a winning mindset.
2: If you have there a good have. sculpting pun, hit me with it in the Yeah,
0: send it, send it to us in the comments. You could tweet it at us at uh is here at Sculpty Boys. Uh, also if you want to get the Najila, could be a Najila card merch, make sure to go to www.themindsculptors.com forward slash shop. You can pick that up there, as well as your Mind Sculptors hoodie, um, all that good stuff. If you want to support us, get into our Discord server, talk to us directly in there. You can head on over to Patreon.com forward slash Mind Sculptors, and you can support us on there and get access to our Discord server as well as some of our backlog content uh, that is available to patrons as well. Uh, also, just another reminder: we are. Sponsored by Dragon Shield, not Ultra Pro. Dragon Shield. Don't buy Ultra Pro. Ultra Pro is bad. Wizards are probably going to hate me for this, but I don't care. Um, Dragon Shields are good stuff. They sent me these. These forest green sleeves. Um, I tend to use the Petrol uh, sleeves, but I will say this. I do have Titania, Voice of Gaia, uh, sleeved up in their green dual mats. And these are cool um the dual mats are really nice uh, i know that they they shuffle really well i'm a big fan of them and then uh, all of that jazz so make sure to go click on our affiliate link support us down there am i missing anything that i did i gloss over I don't think any so. of our i think you stuff? i think you
2: successfully got your way through the outro
0: it's oh I i also forgot about this i'm gonna I'm not going to edit this because I think this is the. I think this is hilarious. Um, also, just want to make sure that I'm giving a special shout out to some of our top tier patrons because you are to keep the lights on around here. I don't know why I'm talking like Captain Kirk, but. <laughs> I'm giving or John Wayne or whatever. I'm talking like it's a 60s television show, probably because I'm watching Marvel's Ms. Mazel right now. Um, that would be why, Very good show. Uh, but do you want to give a shout out to our top tier patrons Adam Hamden, David Snavely, Elf Cruz, Matt Boehner, Michael Levine, and Senior Coupon. Like I said earlier, if you want to support the show, get access to our Discord server. Uh, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Mind Sculptors, or you could just click the link in the description. With all that being said, thank you for joining us. And from all of us here at The Mind Sculptors, I'm Callahan, and we'll see
1: you next time. The beautiful words, where... Tell me what you want from me. Tell me what you wanna hear from me. Look at you, look at you. Not we need each other in the